0: is frustration, destruction ultimately, conflict, confusion, disarray, hurt. But when you live according to why you were created. My life's not my own. I don't know, I can't do what I want to do. I got to do what He wants me to do because I was created for one purpose. What can I do to prove to you that? And to that heart that says, God, I want to fulfill my creative purpose. God says, I'll give you peace unlimited. I'll give you strength when you're weak. I'll step by your side and lift you up. One more time. Is there anybody here today that wants to fulfill their creative purpose and just lift their hands and say, God, I'm here because I want to please you. I could to please and obey God, you lay your head down on the pill at night. There's a sweet peace that comes to me that hey, everything's all right between me and you. And there's no price tag you could ever put on having peace in your mind and heart in your relationship with God. I feel some people here today. There's there's a beautiful relationship you've got between you and the Lord. Protect that with everything you got because it's what's going to carry us to the end until he gets us home. God bless you. Sunday school, you're dismissed. What a beautiful crowd on this dismal Sunday weather. Contankerous. Here, get on here, get in our yards and brighten everything up. God bless our Sunday school staff and all the kids that You got your Bibles. Uh, Brother Fonto has already stated it. I stated again. Our guests, we're glad you're here today. And uh, we're honored to be made. take time out of your schedule and be here for whatever reason it was, being with family or friends. We're, we're glad you're here today in the house of the Lord. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. <clears throat> Acts chapter 4. And starting with verse 32, and the only reason I go back three verses on this is uh, I want you to get the contextual backdrop of of what's being said. Verse 32 of chapter 4 of Acts, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of these things which he possessed was his own, but that they all that they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Notice, and says it my message, but just make note in your Bible. The two things that he gave. One is to be a witness of the resurrection of Christ. And there was grace on the church. Two things he gave. Verse 34, neither... Was there any among them that lacked? For all as many, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, brought the price of these things that were sold, and laid it down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according to it as he had need. verse thirty six is where we're going to launch from. And jo, or Joseph, his original name was Joseph English, who, by the apostles, was surnamed Barnabas, which is interpreted the son of consolation. Another word for that is encouragement. A Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having lay having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it. At the apostles feet Verse 36 And Joseph Or Joseph Who by the apostles was surnamed They changed his name From Joseph to Barnabas Which is interpreted the son of consolation Or encouragement Brother Ron just have ready if you can Acts chapter 9 Uh, We may get to it Acts chapter 9 Verse 23 And uh, 1 Samuel Uh, 23 and verse 16 should be it. Let's lift our hands and ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, I thank you for your word, first of all. God it's an honor and a privilege to share That word I pray that all of us Here today let your word have a perfect Work in our heart let it not Just be another sermon that we hear on Sunday morning and our conscience is appeased But I'm asking you let your word Be like a sword it would cut Divide joint marrow soul and spirit And a discerner of the thoughts And intents of our heart that we leave Prepared ready for what you have God I ask it today in the Name of Jesus and we give you the honor For what you will do in this Place today. God bless you. You may be seated. It's, I'm going to give you the, the title up front, and I was reluctant to do so, but let me say it and then I'll, I'll explain it as we go on. God's Secret Weapon. The church is, is now, this is the book of Acts, this is the beginning of, of the church. Uh, this, is, this is the pattern for you and I to, to follow. The first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. These were Matthew, Luke, John, Mark. It was their understanding, their writing as Jesus spoke, their, uh, I don't want to say interpretation, but it was their perspective on what Jesus was doing. And now we get to the book of Acts. This is the birth of the church. Jesus had already told them, first book, first chapter of Acts, and then even in the closing, He said, Go to Jerusalem and wait till you be endued with power from on high. So His commission to them was not only to fill the earth and be a a witness to many, but He had to infill them with His Spirit. And this took place in the early writings of the book of Acts. Chapter 1, chapter 2 is the actual infilling. So you have the birth of the church And again, I could use a lot of adjectives to describe it, but sufficient for uh, the timing today or time today. It was just birthed in such a fervor and power. There was such an excitement that went about all of the people. They were excited This was the fulfillment of the promise This was the fulfillment of what they had been waiting for For those that had dialed in And were able to perceive That this is what Jesus was talking about When he even referred to it When he talked to Nicodemus in John 3 And several other scriptures through John He refers to the infilling of the Holy Ghost But specifically to Nicodemus He said a man's got to be born Of the water and of the spirit Or in no wise he will enter into the kingdom of heaven So those in the book of Acts these apostles, the faithful 12 that hung with him, and then others that were followers along with them they knew that this was their moment and you would think in that excitement that fervor, that, that power that, that demonstration that had happened in the book of Acts chapter 2 where they were all in one accord in the upper room and God poured out of his spirit upon them and cloven tongues as a fire rested upon all them and they spoke with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance You would think in that moment that that would just carry and rightfully so for many it would have. But something happened between chapter 2, the beginning and the outpouring of the Spirit and chapter 4, the closing remarks about a man that they changed his name to Barnabas. The son of an encourager. The son of... There was something about their whole change in life. The power, the exuberance, the excitement, the fulfilling of the Spirit, the prophecies, the promise. It's like, I mean, maybe put it down for you and I. It's like you and I coming to a church on Sunday morning and feeling what we felt here this morning. We started and you could feel goosebumps on top of goosebumps. You could feel something flowing and, and something else was in this room that was beyond the music, that was beyond the exhortation, that was beyond anything that came from the platform. When you lifted your hands today, you just felt something that you didn't normally feel. You knew there was something here. And for those that's got a revelation, we knew it was the mighty God in Christ dwelling in us and walking in this service. Power. Excitement, the fervor of of an apostolic church service. It's like them in the book of Acts. Cloving tongues as a fire and talking in tongues. People just excited. But you see, you live in that moment and thank God for it. But Brother Fontenot, I've learned more times than not that when I come out of that upper room experience, Or I leave on a Sunday morning and had an experience. Monday's looking at me square eyeball to eyeball. And I don't so much as have that experience. I got it, but the goosebump machine is kind of on pause. And I'm not feeling a goosebump like I felt on Sunday morning. That doesn't mean God is any further. That just means I'm in a place and a situation that I don't really know how or what I'm going to navigate and get through. And I'm faced with decisions, I'm faced with things that I hear that does everything in its power to rob my faith in what God can do. And whether you and I want to admit it or not, we're in an hour now where you and I come together and we're right now in a moment of encouraging one another. You might not be patting each other on the back, but what you and I are feeling is the presence of God, but you're feeling the love from one to another. And there's an encouraging spirit that's in here today of God that's trying to lift somebody up and let you know God is on your side and God is for you. as I struggle on Monday and Tuesday with my battles of the mind or temptations or things that I face that come to my hearing that I don't understand the hour we're in is everything is trying to destroy your faith and tell you that God don't care and God's not there and God's not we get this mindset that God is divinity and he is but he's so far and aloof to us What's the point of even, I can't even dial in and connect to him I I feel like God is so far on Monday and Tuesday What I felt Sunday, why is he so far on Monday? Why is prayer so hard on Monday? Why is me trying to walk with him on Monday? Why? Well let me just give you a real quick synopsis and we'll dig it deep You went from experience to walking with him and living for God is not all about experience, experience, experience. It's about experience and then God wants to know, can you walk with him when everything is not right? Can you still believe in him when things are not going like you and I want them to go? That's the true test of faith. It's not in how well I do in the experience, though that's an important factor. But when Monday comes, can I control my emotions? When Tuesday comes and everything's running crazy, can I bring everything under the subjection and obedience of the Spirit of God? Well, many times, if we want to get this today, we don't. I fail him on Monday, Brother Fontenot. I'll fail him on Tuesday. Oh, I might not go out and uh, shoot nobody. Nowadays, I guess that's the thing, people just shooting everybody. I don't go out and do nothing like that. But in my mind, I kind of just let go a little bit of my relationship with God. And here's what happens. I start living for God experience to experience instead of relationship day to day. Well, you see, God's got a secret weapon that he's kind of got in his repertoire for Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Sure, it's prayer. And that's what I want. I want to seek God in prayer every day. I want to separate myself unto Him. I want to read the Word of God. But you see, this is what God's got for us on Monday and Tuesday. Somewhere in your Monday, somewhere in your Tuesday, when everything is going topsy-turvy, somewhere in your thinking you got to reign in your thought and remember there's other people sitting on that pew going through some things See, but the enemy makes you think that nobody else is going through what you're going through nobody else is facing what you're facing and you're an island under yourself that's the way the enemy works he tries to separate you but you need to encourage yourself in one, one thing everybody's in flesh and everybody's fighting things that you and I might not be fighting the same things but if you got the Holy Ghost and you been baptized in Jesus name you're a target of the enemy and God put something in our repertoire we've got each other we've got one another that we can pull from now if you're at odds with somebody this message ain't gonna work for you but if you got anybody in the church that you trust in their prayers that you trust in their walking with God you've got a Barnabas in your midst You've got an encourager. For some, it's the preacher today. They born in the fire of the book of Acts. Something happened. The Bible don't tell us nothing. I looked it up everywhere I could find. It doesn't say anywhere. All I can find is Acts 4, 9, and 15, and maybe one more after that. As a turning point that would shed a little insight of what was it in Barnabas they would change his name. There was something that man did for those apostles. Now you think, you got good old Pete here. He's the, the one that preached in, in, in the day of Pentecost. You would think with such fervor. And John who walked with Jesus. The one that laid his head on his, his bosom. But something made those men say, you've done something, Joseph. We're going to change your name or, or recognize you, or you're going to be known to us as our encourager. Everybody needs an encourager. I don't care how strong you are in the spirit. I don't care how manly you are with a belt buckle and think everything's great. I don't care how tough you are, how many bullets you got in your gut, or how many gangs you ran with. Everybody needs an encourager. Somebody that can slip alongside you and not give you and try to read your mail with some prophetic something, but somebody that can slip along your side and say, hey, I love you, man. I believe in you. I'm your friend today. You don't know what they're going going through just like the apostles we don't know what they were facing but they needed a Barnabas that could come alongside them and be their encourager Zach, Carly you can't make it by yourself Brother Bushnell who's lived for God for years can't make it by himself Joe who's just two, three can't make it tough Man's man, man's man. But you need an encourager. You need somebody that when the chips are down and there ain't no experience on Sunday and your goosebump machine ain't working and your hair ain't standing up and God feels a million miles away, you need somebody. That's the beautiful thing about being in the church. Sure, there's... I'm gonna say my statement I always say long ago. Everybody say, well, there's hypocrites in the church. No joke. You think you're going to find them on a bar stool? Hello, hypocrites ain't in the bar. The hypocrites are in the church. So I've got to overcome the wrongs in the church and realize there's some good encouragers in the church and I need them to make it because my days are dark. My days are dismal. My valleys are deep and my storms are intense. But if I've got somebody in the church, it'll be the secret weapon of God to bring me out. Can't make it on your own, you can't do it by yourself. But that's the lie of the enemy to make you think you can do it by yourself, Tyler. Brother Lynn, Mark and Tail serve God forever. Even he needs an encourager. I'd love to know the backdrop, these are the questions I'll ask when I get there. But I look forward and I see the apostles called him an encourager he was a levite i looked at every possible thing he's a levite country of cyprus so he had religious background we got that but i don't believe it was the religion there was something in that man that realized i might not can preach like peter I might not can be like John, all spiritual and mystical. I might not have all these revelations and prophecies. I might not be the biggest giver in the church. I might not be the best musician or singer. Could Barnabas wake up and say, I can't feel the bill of the 12, but I found what I can do. I see Peter a little discouraged. uh, Peter, you preached a good message the other day, but let me slip alongside of you. You know what, Peter? Keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop preaching like you're preaching, Peter. Don't stop believing what you're believing, Peter. There's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be people that's not going to agree, but Peter, keep preaching. Keep doing what you're doing. Artemis just did what he could do. Bible don't give me no other other than there was something in him, Brother Langley, that those apostles said, you know what? We need to keep you close. (laughs) Because when I'm down and I need a little, you know, let your mind right now, just let it go and think for a moment. When you're in the midst of your valley and storm, For those that have a sane mind, I gotta qualify that because some get on the phone and start doing crazy stuff. But those that have a sane mind, Sister Claudia, like us, who do you call? Mama, I'm struggling today. Say an extra prayer for me. That's it. We know who to call to be our encourager. We know who to reach out to. That I know that if I reach out to them, they're not going to judge me. They're not going to preach to me. They're not going to tell me nothing. They're going to just say, you know what, Bubba, it's going to be all right. I'm going to pray with you. And that's it. I know people that I can reach out to that I know they ain't going to ask no questions. I'll just say, hey, I need you to pray. That's all I needed to hear. Brother Benoit, it's going to be okay. I got your back. You see how valuable a Barnabas is? but the enemy's made some of you feel like you ain't got nothing to look forward to you ain't nobody and you just kind of exist on a pew you you, you, you don't have no talent you don't have no ability you ain't got nothing going for you. you you might have you don't live in this house you don't drive that kind of car you don't have this kind of job you don't have this kind of money you don't have this kind of it says ever you're not educated you're not intelligent but let me tell you you got something in that heart that it's a secret weapon that God's wanting to Using this in time, and it's called that of an encourager. And if you can find somebody that's got the chips down and their arms are hanging, just slip up by them. You ain't got to preach to them, just tell them you're praying for them. Yeah. Barnabas, he's religious, I got that. But then the, the tables kind of changed, but Jeff, quick, Acts 9. Bible says we got Paul and Paul in chapter 8 and 9. We got Stephen's death, and there's Paul consenting to the death of Stephen. Paul standing there while Stephen is being stoned to death, and Paul does nothing. Bloody coat, garment is thrown at the feet of Saul, which will become Paul, thrown at his feet. And God says, I got a man, that man, if I could get a hold of him and convert him. See, there's people in our community that right now ain't living right. And you and I would look at them and say, that is the devil of Indian village. Oh, y'all don't nod your head, but you know you got a face right now in your mind. That is the problem, and it ain't your daddy and mom and brother. There's somebody that you got in your mind. If God would save them, somebody says, say, if God would save them, then I'll shout. You ain't going to shout then either. But if God would save them, that would be a testimony this is Saul and watch what happens he's on his way to, to, to go cru- or to destroy and, and persecute and on the road to chapter 9 on his way Lord comes and just smites him down don't think for one minute God can get the attention of who he wants to get attention of I don't care what they've done. I don't care how far they are from God. I don't care what sin they're living in. God can get down on their level and shake it up and get them to see, hey, I need you. And in the course of his experience, his moment, it knocks him down. He's blind. He has to go to Ananias' house and he gets his his, his sight back but Now watch The news is starting to travel The one that persecuted the church The most The one that was feared The most <laughs> Becomes the one That writes almost the rest of the New Testament Now watch Here's, here's what I, I, I'm, I'm trying By the help of the Holy Ghost to paint There was a bridge to get him there There was somebody that helped him after his experience. He had the moment. Paul had the experience. We love it. And we shout for the experience. I had a move of God in the altar. God touched me. God delivered me. God set me free. And we've all got the testimony. There's going to be people coming in that back door that's going to need the experience. They're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to baptize them in Jesus' name. But watch. They're still gonna be feared, because that's what we all know. They did and was. You with me? Well, oh, man, if I if I let the Paul in, he's gonna kill us. Let's bring it down to where. We, boy, if I let that one in the church, man, it's gonna mess up the church. If I let that drug dealer and they pray through, oh my Lord, if that drug dealer plays through, he gonna come in one day with a gun. I just know it. Oh if we pray through that prostitute. Man, if we do she's going to steal all our husbands. Oh, I know y'all. I'm telling you hello. I know people. Man, if we start praying these people through. Now here's what happens. Because we don't let them grow at the level they should grow. We kind of step in and go, "Don't do this, don't do that." And we start making them do things because here's what it is. We're really fearful. And that scripture says, Paul is now wreaking havoc because of his experience, not his persecution. And we struggle with people having a true experience. We question it. And after many days were filled, the Jews took counsel. The Jews... So now you got nobody with Paul. He done left Ananias. That's way back in fifteen thirteen. He leaves after his experience. This all took place in 9, chapter 9. He leaves there, and, and now these things is spreading that Paul's now converted, filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Jews are saying, we got to kill that dude. They didn't trust his experience. Next verse, watch. But their laying away was known of him and they watched the gates day and night to kill him next verse then the disciples took him by night and let him down they knew hey what's what's," next verse and when Saul was come to Jerusalem this is where the apostles were he shows up in Jerusalem with the apostles and he wanted to join them He wanted to be a part of the church. He wanted to be accepted in the church. That's why I'm preaching to somebody here today. You may be a new convert. You may not fit. You feel you don't fit in Indian Village. This message, I wish I had a megaphone and I could preach it through this community and ride in a cart. I'm telling you, brother Jerry, I want a truck with a megaphone. And I'm going through the village with a megaphone. Because I want people to understand what the church is. There's problems in every church. There's hypocrites in every church, Brother Butch. There's situations that don't always work out. But still, the good far outweighs because there's Barnabas sitting on the pew. There's men in this church and women in this church. That's Barnabas. And when I can't pull through and nobody accepts me, watch, he wants to be part of the church. But they were afraid and believed not that he was a true disciple. Let's define disciple. It's one thing to get the Holy Ghost, but it's another thing to become a disciple. You become a disciple over time in relationship and walking with him. You have the experience of him filling you. But what makes a disciple is I continue in God's word and I become a believer and a disciple. The continuing in the word is what makes me a disciple. Just because I said I love Christ does not make me a disciple. What makes me a disciple is I get in the word of God. And when God shows me his word, I obey that word. And I continue in whatever God shows me in his word. And he gets to the disciples. And they don't believe it. Next verse. But, uh, uh-uh. but Barnabas. Somebody in that church in Jerusalem had enough heart, enough perception, that even when the spiritual Peter, John, and the apostles couldn't get it, a Barnabas rose up and said, Come here, come here, come here, Paul. You're with me. Ah, man, you're weird. You, you 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 act weird. You're you're different. No 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 pun. I'm not. I didn't pick you because you're just the only man on the road. Sorry, Kyle and Dylan and brother Mike. Man, you you're just odd. You can't be a part of our church. I'm afraid of you, man. You, you you're gonna do something crazy, and then it, you you're just gonna cause problems. I can see it. I'm in the Holy Ghost today, but Barnabas said, you know what, you just stay by me. Hey, you with me? And Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and said, let me tell you something. I wonder, Brother Mike, if he didn't stand up and say, let me tell you about mercy, Peter. Let me tell you about the time that old cock crowed. And your stomach went sour and your face went white and everything Jesus prophesied came to pass. Peter, and we hung with you, Pete. We listened to you on the day of Pentecost when we all should have just sat down on you. I ain't praising. I ain't worshiping. I know Peter. You failed God. It should be me up there preaching because I've held the faith. I'm on it, ain't I? And Barnabas steps in and says, listen, let me tell you about this guy. He says, De- he declared how he had seen the Lord. He tells him his experience in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and, and that how he preached boldly. Listen, he believes it. He believes the message. These are the only scriptural insights, Brother Bush. Now I could find on Barnabas that would shed a little bit of light. He was willing in my in his encouragement to stand in the gap and say. I see something in him that you can't see. Just don't be mean to him. Don't be unkind to him. Just, 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 just give him a little bit of time. There's going to be people coming to Indian Village. Just give them a little bit of time. They're not going to always get it right. They're going to slip up and fall and make some mistakes. But do we have a church of Barnabas that can come alongside and say, yeah, 30 years ago, I messed up too, but God still loves you. God still cares about you. The weapon that God holds is that of an encourager in the body. Because I don't know, listen, I've been in messages, Brother Bushnell, maybe it's a little different, maybe you feel different. I've been in messages and, and I needed encouragement. Maybe my own fault, I didn't feel I got it. Maybe my mind wasn't in the place that it needed to be and I, I couldn't receive it. I Again, I take the blame but I'll tell you what happened. After I left that service, maybe the next day or maybe by that night or two days later i tell you what did make a difference for me. I got a phone call or someone slipped up to me in a church service and they said, Brother Benoit, I don't know but I just want to tell you, I love you and I appreciate you. And that seemingly little pat on the back kind of just took away everything else that was kind of bottling in my mind. It it was an encourager it was a weapon that the enemy see the enemy was banking on me leaving that message or that church service and say oh it's just over it's never going to get better my life ain't never going to change my situation is always going to be cruddy my life's never going to get better but God put a secret weapon in the body it's called a Barnabas it's called an encourager and God's going to send them to you at the right time to help you come out of your mess All I could find brother Bushnell Is but Barnabas Stood up When nobody else would And say Leave him alone Leave him alone I wonder And it can't always be the, the preacher right. What would happen if we had 20 more people That instead of saying Oh yeah I know Yeah I know Come on, y'all. Yeah, I know. You just said it right there without saying what you wanted to say. Yeah, I know. Your face just said, I believe that he, yeah, he, yeah. But what would happen if that would turn? And someone would come to you and say, what about, you know what? God's going to help him. God's going to bless him. How I'm praying like now. I'm praying for our church like I've never prayed before. That's what would begin. You see, what just happened was a Barnabas. Just come out of nowhere. And where the enemy was meant to divide, to bring contention and anger, because we can't control this. Come on, somebody. This is out there. We we use this weapon and cut them down and destroy them. Death and life's in the power of the tongue. So we cut them, dice them, filet them. Instead of doing, you know what? I'm gonna pray for them. I'm gonna ask God to encourage them. You don't know it, but you could be praying for the next. I know we ain't writing no New Testament books, so don't get that out of context. But I'm saying there's some Pauls that God's wanting to use. There's some other people that have made some mistakes. Come on, Peter. God picked you up. God's going to pick Paul. There's some men and women that God's wanting to use. And it's going to take a church of encouragement that's going to lift them up and come alongside them and say, I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm going to help you. That doesn't mean you're tolerating or compromising toleration is when you and I begin to believe what they believe is okay I'm preaching a mature church mature saints we know what's right and wrong in the word of God that doesn't mean I gotta tell them Let God do his work and let me just do the work of a Barnabas and say, I got you. Come on, I'm going to carry you. I'm going to carry you for a few days. I know it's been tough on you right now. I know it's been hard, but I'm going to pray. This is the kind of prayer we've been teaching about on Wednesday night. That it's now a non-lay-me-down-to-sleep prayer. But a prayer that says, God touch Tyler. God touch Brother Charlie. God touch these people. God give them strength. And there's a cry from heaven with a fervency. Responds back to the cry of humanity. So Barnabas was the bridge between the two. Quickly, let me go to I mean, don't worry about it. I just I'll go there. So now I got Barnabas, Brother Joe. When they would and they were afraid of him, Barnabas stood in the gap, Brother Hayden, and he became the bridge. He didn't preach to them, he just declared what happened to him. That's it. And now he just became the link to a Paul writing the rest of the New Testament. Think if Barnabas would not have done. well, But being an encourager, that's so, in, that's so unimportant. I want to be in the pulpit. I want to be the door greeter. I want to be on there. I, wanna, I want Sister Lisa's position. I can sing better than her. Oh, come on, trust me. Y'all think I'm just playing, but I could go do the people. And we say, well, here's what I'm trying to encourage you with. You might not be able to do this or that, but this is something, when you get the Holy Ghost, here's what you got. You got the comforter. So when you get the comforter, Jesus in you he said I'm going to send the comforter in my name the name of the holy it's Jesus I got him in me so now what happens is you've got an ability beyond yourself well I got the holy ghost I'm done that's what we do you got the comforter in you God didn't just give it to you to comfort you through the trouble God gave the holy ghost to you to comfort others that when they're in trouble say, well, I don't know what to say. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you. I'm praying for you. I'll never forget this lesson years ago. And it wasn't from this message, but the Barnabas thought process. I'll never forget, Brother Ewan used to teach us, young ministers. We had 14 ministers in that class. And Brother Ewan, Sister Claudia would teach us. Every one of you should be in the altars. That was a given. If If we were not in the altars, Brother Fontenot, praying for people unsolicited, it was just, you just watch out. Brother, you and operated by different, I mean, it was all business. And you're going to pray for them people. But then Brother Guy came in. And Brother Guy taught this, this simple principle. He said, you know, and he was a prophet of God. Brother Guy would go, man, he'd give them a word from God. You know, y'all know Brother Guy, spot on. But here was the other thing Brother Guy taught. You don't have to give them a word. See, but that's sometimes we force it trying to become spiritual. And really, we don't, we don't have a word, so we make up a word so people will think we're spiritual. Take the pressure off yourself. And Brother Guy taught, don't go make up a word when you don't have nothing to say spiritually, per se. Slip up to him, he said, just encourage them. He said, you could just slip up to somebody, and the altar now, not the pew. When people come to the altar, it's a different story. They're, they're ready for something. Slip up to them and say, God's going God's to help you. Or when church is over, they're walking out the door, I'm praying for you. And the encouragement from that simple statement, Kyle, could change somebody. You could have somebody here today saying, this is the last time I'm coming to any village. And one person could catch them going out of the door and say, I love you. I'm so glad you were here and I'm praying for you today. And that simple encouragement. Was enough to hook them. And they're going to come back and say. I like what I feel there. Those people really love me. Those people really care about me. And God can put them in the position. To begin to work in their heart. So Paul now. This is it. Singers y'all come. Y'all come sister Lisa. I'm going to go through this fast. Forget Samuel. I'll come do that one on another day. Because that's that's another story. Acts 15. Brother Bushnell. It's the first general conference. Okay, we all know it as that. It's that. The disciples are coming together. The Judaizers are coming in. There's a war over circumcision. And they're fighting saying, you got the Gentiles have got to be circumcised. Blah, 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 blah. And in the midst of all of that, Paul and Barnabas are together. And in the midst of the dispute and the conflict, watch this. This is the main point of the whole story. In the midst of all the conflict, yes, James stood up there at the end. But you got to go read. Barnabas was in the midst of all of that. That helped to settle a conflict at the general conference. Here's what I'm trying to show you in this. When there's conflict in people's life. And there's struggle and there's dissension in people. The simple thing of encouragement. Caused, I don't want to say a national level. What would be the word for their? Uh, th- this, was, this was the church, chapter 15 of Acts. So let, let me just use it. On a national level, something big. I and mean, this is the direction of the church, Acts 15. And when nobody can settle it, and they're fighting and bickering and circumcision and doctrine and blah, 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 Barnabas comes up and says, Wait, this son. encouragement comes in and just settles the conflict you may tell you the best answer in marriage that's in conflict encourage one another let me tell you a family that the kids are at odds encourage one another let me tell you how to help raise good kids in church encourage them the Bible says Help me Brother Bushnell My mind just slipped a gear there But it said something about If you purposefully provoke your kids to anger There's a connection You discouraging them The writer was on to something there What he's trying to say is Discouragement is a Poison But an encourager Is the remedy and antidote To whatever we face in life I say again spouses instead of berating and belittling each other encourage each other encourage your kids saints of God encourage each other folks you think about it I know we're in southwest Louisiana and there's Pentecost on every corner and yeah if you don't like it, you know I get it but hear me the greatest assets asset we have as apostolics is our doctrine but the ability to encourage each other Tension and conflict and all these things are hitting us so hard. Stand with me. They're hitting us so hard. Again, I'm not compromising tolerations and no, 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 no. I'm talking about when we're going through some of the most difficult times. I'll be honest. I've had it before. I'm even disrespectfully, maybe, to, to my dad, you know. I call that uh, He said, well, son, you need to do it. Dad, I don't need a sermon. We've all done it. I apologize. I disrespect that. It it shouldn't have never. But the point is, is we all get to a point where it's like, I don't want to hear a sermon. I want to hear. You just tell me you understand. Am I alone in this? Just just tell me you kind of understand. You ain't going through what I'm going through. But there's something that happens when you slip alongside them and say, I've said this at funerals. They've lost a parent. I don't know what that's like. I don't know how you feel. But I can imagine how they feel. Sometimes just that encouragement is enough to help and lift somebody's heart and spirit. Folks, if there's ever a time we need to lift each other up, it's today. And not fight against each other and war again, petty things. You know, here's a here's a little quick and I'm done. Y'all, y'all really throttle them, get ready. Just get ready to push them hard. I'm trying to stop. Here, here's what I've tried to live by. Hayden, Brother Joe. When something comes against me, I try to look at it in the big picture. Does this have eternal significance? If it's got an eternal significance, you better fight for it. But if it's just my comfort level, there's some things we could just let go and say, you know what? I'd rather be an encourager to the body and to the people of God than to be a detractor and cause more hurt in people's life. I don't know about you, but we need Barnabas to rise to the occasion. I want this church to be a Barnabas today. Is that how you feel? Lift your hands all across this building right now. There's people here today need encouragement. I want us all to come to the front together with your hands raised and I'm going to give you some instructions. Just come on to the front, everybody. Just raise your hands. That's a sign of surrender. For some, it may be repentance today. Just repent. Ask God to forgive you of anything. But lift your hands and let's go through that and let's let's share our heart right now with the Lord and be honest with Him. And then in a moment, we're going to shift gears to something different. Come on, lift your voice right now. Lift your voice right now. Come on, lift your voice. It's your voice. Jesus, touch our hearts right now. Touch our hearts. God, I love you today. I feel the spirit of encouragement here. That's Christ. Christ is here today to encourage somebody. The church is not as bad as you think. People are not as bad as you think. Come on, we need each other.
1: Come on, talk to the Lord right now. Families, individuals.
0: Nobody's exempt today. God, I love you today. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit. God, I thank you today.
1: Lift your voice
0: right now. Come on, reach over now. Grab the hand to the person next to you. Come on, hand to hand. Come on, dude. Just grab their hand. That's all you need to do. Don't put your arm around them. us keep it appropriate. And just grab their hand. Lift it right now. There's a continuity there. When you grab somebody's hand, something begins to happen. I can show you in Scripture. It speaks of dominion. Come on, speak right now to their life. God strengthen my brother strengthen my sister, strengthen my wife strengthen my husband, strengthen my kids strengthen our church right now God by the authority of the name of Jesus that's it brother Bush now I need some of you ministers help me this morning some of you ministers go to somebody pray with them, encourage them just encourage them right now, encourage them by the authority of the name of Jesus let the Holy Ghost flow right now in Jesus name Come on, just ask God to forgive you. can defeat us. I don't know about you, but I feel such hope in this place today. I feel the hope of God. I told somebody in situations, just conversations, it's been a busy week with people just asking questions. And one of them that came to my hearing was what's going on with this? And they named the situation. And here, let, let, let me paint it for you. This is how you know it's a spirit, Jezebel. When Elijah battled Jezebel, he sat under the tree and said, I want to die. The hopelessness was so real to him, he wanted to go. And here's what we're facing. It's the spirit of Jezebel. The hopelessness proves what we're facing. But I believe we're a church of hope. And there's people under the sound of my voice. Things might not be like you want, but you got hope. That God's in control. One more time, throw your hands in the air. Thank God for His hope. Thank Him for His presence. Thank you.
1: This was the daily verse in my Bible reading today. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Pastors, right on to that. I think the key way that Barnabas encouraged Paul was when the, the brethren rejected him Barnabas said, Come on, do ministry with me. Do ministry with me. For a while, you read in the scriptures and said, Barnabas and Paul went out. Barnabas and Paul went out. But he encouraged them so much that the story changed. And it became Paul and Barnabas going out. Did you know that you can lift somebody up so much? become stronger and higher than you and they can become an encouragement back to you.
0: Come on, we need to rejoice. That's a revelation of the Lord right there. Lift your hands right now. Receive that right now into your spirit. By the authority of the name of Jesus, Lord, help me to be an encourager today. God, I ask you that you could use us to raise somebody up. Jesus we pray oh I thank the Lord thank you brother Bushnell oh that's powerful 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 revelation and understanding God spoke to us today let's take that to heart and let's put it to work this week find somebody this week that you can think of and just pick up the phone call and say I'm praying for you and encourage them and lift them up what do you say let's let that be the order of this week God bless you turn to somebody greet them in the name of the